So for me as an entrepreneur, it's all about, you know, focusing on the things that are going to, you know, have the biggest impact and, you know, focusing wherever I can in, in my zone of genius and all the other things that are outside of that or that I'm not great at, you know, finding people that I can trust to help me with those things so I can build and scale. Um, and again, like focus more of my time where I can have the greatest impact. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to Weiss Advice. And I am your host, Yona Weiss, and this episode of Weiss Advice is twice as nice because we got we have uh, a fellow Weiss, a sister from another Mr. Allison Weiss with me today. How are you doing, Allison? I'm great, Yona. How are you? Your sister from the West Coast. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Just a little context, you guys, you know who Allison is. If you don't already, no relation, but she is a rock star in the commercial real estate space. So if you don't know who she is, you probably should, okay? She has had over 10 years experience in the commercial real estate, specifically recruiting in the commercial real estate space, which means she's, you know, been involved in human resources and, you know, the, the full cycle of recruiting and helping people throughout their job, you know, a tenure with different companies, you know, major companies like Marcus and Millichap and, you know, uh, Colliers International, huge, huge companies in the commercial real estate space. And about a year ago, I think we're just about a year's anniversary. I mean, by the time this is airs, it's going to be a little, little over that, but created a company called Commercial CRE Recruiting, which is, and I'll let you maybe, maybe take a little bit about that, but it's a national, basically commercial real estate recruiting firm. So you're helping candidates, helping people, helping companies find the right talent and specifically within that niche of commercial real estate, which is awesome because there's so many people out there looking for jobs, so many companies looking for the right talent and they just, and you're like a matchmaker, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. I've, I've worked nationally my entire career within commercial real estate. So I have clients across all sort of spectrums within commercial real estate and uh, across the country. And, and now you just started something new right? A brand new venture or a rebranding of sorts, which is CRE at work, right? Yeah. So what's, what's that? Give me a, a minute about what CRE at work's all about. Yeah, great question. So as I was creating a CRE recruiting, I realized that I was really only able to help people with that company at two different points. One, when they were looking for a new opportunity for themselves, or mm -hmm. two, when they were a company who was looking to grow. And I think, you know, commercial real estate professionals in our business need support throughout the course of their careers. I think, you know, oftentimes I'm hearing from candidates who might've been in the same position for a few years and have sort of stagnated or hit a plateau. And I wanna help people with resources, advice, sort of programs to help get them over those hurdles and help them to grow stronger, more uh, fulfilling careers and companies within commercial real estate. So you're really helping the whole life cycle, you know, the whole uh, yeah. 
whole ecosystem for, for any company, you know, looking to, to grow in any way whatsoever, which is awesome. Absolutely. And you're pulling, pulling all your resources, which, which you have a ton of, you know, and it's really about the connections. And speaking of resources and connections, I mean, I just remember, I think the first time I get introduced to you, I saw you on the front cover of CoStar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I was and I'm like, idea. I'm like, who's this? This was like a famous person. She's got my last name. I gotta, I gotta meet this lady. <laughs> and you know, there you are on the front cover of a uh, co-star talking about this, this new incredible company you founded. So that was huge. Yeah. How did that happen? Like that doesn't um, happen to anyone. <laughs> yeah. So I've been really lucky, um, you know, since I founded the company to have some great media coverage. I was in CoStar and Globe Street on sort of the leading page and the leading newsletter uh, within a week of each other. So partially that's, I have a great PR person. I shout out to Darcy Gicetto, who runs Places PR, which is commercial real estate specific PR firm. Um, but I've also been able to forge some really great relationships within sort of the uh, media community within our industry. So Connect Media, um, you've probably seen me in BizNow a few times. Uh, so I've been just really lucky and, and willing to help out some of my peers in, in media whenever possible. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. That's, it's good to know people in the right places, I guess. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, should, I shouldn't uh, you know, start looking for those type of people. And I think you know, it really just comes with your experience in the industry. And that just shows how, you know, you have in, in the, you know, the first week or a couple of weeks of starting a brand new company as an entrepreneur and getting like the best press, you know, media coverage in the industry as possible. It just shows the, the talent that you bring to, uh, you know, to what you're doing. Let me ask you, this is kind of a difficult question, but, you know, obviously right now we're experiencing huge unemployment um, yes. you know, across the board. And there's challenges because right now things have changed so much that mm -hmm. companies are not necessarily hiring people in-house and people are doing things differently, hiring, you know, virtual staff and things like that. Like, how are you seeing it from someone who is deeply involved in that aspect of the, you know, of the industry? How are you seeing sure. things happening? Well, I'll tell you a couple different things. One, I think the people who are still as close as possible to deal making are probably the safest people right now in terms of keeping their jobs. The people who are bringing value and bringing revenue to a company, they tend to have safer seats during a sort of recessionary period like, like we're experiencing. Um, that being said, I do think I have a lot of clients and connections in the business who have seen this movie before, um, albeit a very different one in 2008. And I've really done a good job of, you know, being conservative, sort of fiscal managers and socking away, you right. know, dry powder for such a time as this. So I do see hiring happening where you have, you know, really solid sort of financial fundamentals behind a company um, and some more opportunistic strategies around some of the more hard hit asset classes within our business. So if you look at retail, if right. you look at sort of adaptive reuse of retail, um, you know, I have clients who are raising 100 million plus dollar funds to go and tackle, you know, some of the dinosaur big boxes that have been left vacant. You know, some of that was pre-COVID. It was already happening. Yeah, sure. um, I think, you know, you'll see hospitality potentially reconversion into, you know, apartments and condos. And the people who are being really entrepreneurial right now, the people who have capital, I think, are hiring. But you aren't seeing the frothiness in the market that we saw for the last, you know, especially five five years. 
Um, and that's been a challenge. I still don't think that we have been as heavily impacted as um, some other industries or the country as a whole. Um, but certainly, you know, I feel for the people who are coming out of undergraduate or coming out of graduate degree programs. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that particular, you know, entry level, you know, type of role has has become rather non-existent in a lot of different markets, unfortunately. Well, what would you say to someone like that, like, you know, college people or postgraduate, you know, people that are coming right now to the market and yeah. they, you know, they've had this dream of getting involved in real estate and, and they love the industry or they got their degree and so like What would you, you know, what kind of advice would you give to them at this point? Like, what should they be doing? Sure. Well, one of the things I think about myself at that time in my life, I didn't necessarily realize it at the time, but I had more of an appetite for risk then mm -hmm. than I ever did at any other point in my career. So if I, if I was talking to a candidate who was sort of in that situation and I do on a daily basis, I encourage them to think outside of the box. If there is a company that they're really interested in, um, and they know that they want to target, now they have time and runway to make connections at that company, to follow that company's news, to engage with them on social media, um, to sort of begin meaningful conversations. At the same time, I think there are non-traditional pathways into the business. I look at the emergence of freelancing websites and platforms, and the fact that a lot of a lot of the people coming out of these programs, especially, you know, thinking in my neighborhood, the, the USC's and UCLA's of the world have really strong, maybe financial modeling skills. They're able to put together, um, you know, deal packages and things like that. I do think that there are a lot of firms out there who may be reticent to hire in a permanent way right now, just given, you know, sort of the uncertainty sure. of, of the economy. But, you know, if they get over their skis with their pipelines, they need some help and they need to potentially outsource and they need to have a trusted resource who they mm -hmm. can count on to do those things. So if you can position yourself as someone who is, you know, has the flexibility, has the skill set, is willing to pitch in. Um, you know, when things get back to normal, you're going to have one, a really strong portfolio of work examples coming sure. from, you know, potentially strong potential future employers. So I think that that's a great, a great concept. And a lot of people just don't think about it. Right. And, and I think, you know, that's a great point, you know, just freelancing people don't think about, most people think about, you know, where can I get like a full-time job, you know, when they're yeah. looking for that, but freelance work, if you don't have anything, oftentimes is is a great option and it allows you really to have the flexibility to do yeah. it from anywhere which now is what most people are doing anyways so yeah. kind of gives that flexibility to work with multiple companies and, and kind of taste and see who you work best with without having to kind of go over your head yeah and commit 100 percent. yeah i agree what, what would you say about like um just unpaid internship is that something sure. uh, that you would recommend I think, you know, if you weren't lucky enough to get a lot of internship experience while you were in undergrad or graduate programs, it's a great thing to do if you have the means to do it, or if you can do that while holding down, um, you know, maybe a job in the alternate sort of hours, then, mm -hmm. then yes, do it. I think at this point, you have to be as creative and flexible and entrepreneurial as possible and really just, you know, sort of I don't want to. I don't want to encourage people to accept anything. I think you. I think you've got to think about what you want your path to be in the long run. Right. 
mm-hmm. um, and freelance in the direction of that path. If you want to be a financial analyst, go, you know, freelance and do, you know, the sorts of things for companies that a financial analyst does, you know, underwrite deals and, and so forth. If you want to be a marketing person, you know, maybe see if you can freelance and, and do social media, maybe get a social media internship. If you realize there's a company out there that you're interested in and their social media is bad, right. reach out to them. And Which many are. <laughs> yes, yes, many are. Um, so yeah, definitely. I, I think, yeah, now is the time to be flexible and to be nimble and to be aggressive. So definitely, you know, unpaid internships, if you can make it work, do it. Yeah, sounds good. And what about you? Like you're an entrepreneur, obviously, right? You started this company, you do that. What's your biggest challenge right now? Like as an entrepreneur in this market, obviously you just started a new venture, right? Which is awesome because that just shows that even within the midst of this craziness that's happening, you have that drive and that passion that's pushing you to do new things and to, (laughs) as scary as it is, right? Sure, yeah. (laughs) I think... Yeah, I think my um, biggest problem has always been um, not enough hours in the day. And how do you, you know, sort of uh, make sure that you're using your time in the most effective way possible? And how do you sort of triage all the different things that you want to do? You know, so that's more of my problem than, you know, clients or, or PR or candidates or things like that. I think I've been incredibly lucky because I've been building towards this goal for the last you know, let's call it 10 years, I've been positioning myself for a moment like this and and to, you know, really take hold of this opportunity. So for me as an entrepreneur, it's all about, you know, focusing on the things that are going to, you know, have the biggest impact and, you know, focusing wherever I can in in my zone of genius Mm -hmm. and all the other things that are outside of that or that I'm not great at, you know, finding people that I can trust to help me with those things so I can build and scale. Um, and again, like focus more of my time where I can have the greatest impact. That's yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. You know, especially when it comes to, I mean, your experience with talk, talking about people placing people and, and what hiring for yourself, right? You're like, yes. it's like the shoemaker, right? <laughs> it doesn't have, yes. the right, <laughs> you know, make their own shoes. So have you hired, have you taken on more people in, uh, in helping you grow? I haven't post COVID. I was working with um, a really great intern actually from LMU, which is a local university here in LA. So that that was helping um, pre COVID and until about June. Um, and then I started to make the shift into you know more focusing on the launch of CRE at work. And you know, two at that same time. Um, you know, <laughs> when you ask the universe for more time and it delivers. COVID, <laughs> you know, I was able to um, maybe shift some of the gears and the, the time I was spending on recruiting into CRE at work. But yeah, I, I'm still focused on growing my team. I definitely have sort of consistent clients that I'm working with across the country. And the idea with CRE at work was never to get rid of CRE recruiting, but to have two independent businesses and also to, you know, not be in the business of constantly trading my time for money, which is what, you know, recruiting mm-hmm. can be. Yeah. And, you know, being in the commercial real estate industry, I mean, it, it you know, kind of makes sense to, uh, to find whatever resources you can, you know, to invest in real estate as well, which, yes. you know, yes. that's, that's okay. an ultimate goal of mine. And, you know, it's interesting too, I think one of the results of, of COVID, and I always knew this because I've, I've worked nationally and I've primarily worked remotely um, recruiting in, in different markets is now I'm sort of considering for myself, where where do I really wanna be? Um, and two, where can I potentially start to invest in the market? Because that's a huge goal that I have. 
Um, you know, here in Southern California, uh, you know, cap rates are, are pretty um, reduced and condensed and, you know, it's, it's difficult to chase the yield that you can get in some other markets. So I'm looking, you know, at, at other places across the U.S. I'm also looking at, you know, potentially Puerto Rico and some others. So I'm excited to take a little bit of an adventure myself. Well, that's awesome. And yeah, yeah, I mean, the fact that now and working remotely, you can basically be wherever you want to be, right? You can, yes. you can yes. live wherever you want. And that's really the goal. So that's pretty cool. Uh, that's, yeah. that's awesome. One last question before we jump into the final four I have for you, which is, you know, if you could see yourself, right, 10 years from now, right, you say yeah. you're working this like 10 years up until this point, but 10 years from now, like, what would you, what would you envision? Well, I think when I launched CRE Recruiting, I knew that I wasn't going to be just one person in an office. I wanted to build a larger company and, you know, had some pretty lofty goals about achieving, you know, some, um, you know, pretty significant changes in our industry. I was always a person who looked around some of the large corporate environments I was in and didn't have a lot of role models. There weren't mm -hmm. a ton of female leaders. There wasn't a lot of diversity and that's something that I really care about. So I... I would love in the next 10 years to see, you know, some pretty dramatic shifts in terms of the makeup of, of our industry. And I would have, I would love to have a, a big part in making that happen and, and sort of being a, a leader and a conversation starter and a facilitator of making that happen. Um, you know, so that's, you know, from a global perspective, what I would love to do. I think, you know, for me, the next 10 years are really about impact. I've worked in one-on-one -on -one settings with candidates for, for 10 years. I'm, you know, in the process of creating a platform where I can reach hundreds and thousands of people and, you know, in one hour have, you know, the impact that maybe it would have taken me years and years to do in the past. So that's really the focus is, is awesome. impact and change um, and making commercial real estate a great place for everyone you know, not just, uh, you know, a, a small segment of the population. Sure. Which, you know, which it is, it's a really, you know, we think we're involved day to day in commercial real estate, but when you think about it, it's a tiny little you know, yes. part of the, you know, national makeup of, uh, of business. Even, you know, if you, ex if you exclude like the corporations and the REITs and the large, still there's tons of, most people, I'd say that 80% or so people involved in commercial real estate are like very small companies, various individuals or small, you know, companies. So there's always room to grow. Yes, absolutely. So are you Great building point. that? Are you building like technology to your platform to be able to do that? Yeah, I'm in the midst of doing that. Um, I, I'm using a platform um, that has sort of components of community and, and courses and a lot of different sort of bells and whistles. So I can sort of host everything in one place um, and I can work with people on an ongoing basis in sort of a, a community capacity. One of the mm -hmm. things that I think is most important in our business, you know, you've got two main things in commercial real estate, you've got people and you've got property. And I think, you know, sometimes the people side of things get ignored um, or gets ignored. And I really want to focus on building a community where people can come together leverage each other, um, you know, from a relational perspective, but also from a best practice standpoint and grow, you know, sort of in community. So that's a big focus. And yeah, there's technology behind it. And that, that is not my wheelhouse, um, but I'm definitely learning, uh, which is good for me. It's great to learn new things. Oh, that's great. And really, that's the only way nowadays to be able to scale yes. that, that much is yes. you have to use technology. Um, that's yeah. So let's, let's just jump right into the final four. Sure. 
and I'm, I'm trying to think of more words that rhyme with Weiss because this is, this is, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to take out a little segment from this. We're going to call it a slice of Weiss advice. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but the first question I always ask people is what is the worst job that you ever had? You know, I I think when I was 16, I worked at the grocery store, uh, the pick and save in Nina, Wisconsin. And I didn't particularly love that. Uh, but, you know, I think it's it's good to have those shots. I think they're character building. So I, I wouldn't necessarily want to go back there, but it was a good experience. No, well, that's cool. And Adjunct. if I recall, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you come from a, a military family? Yeah, I lived... 13 different places before I turned 15. And then I was in Wisconsin for about 12 years after that. And I've been in LA for nine in October. So wow. all over so the place. The reason why I asked that just, I don't know, that just entered my mind. I, I remember that from somewhere, you yeah. know, so, but, but you have, you know, was that like impactful in terms of the work ethic that, uh, yes. that you found at a young age? Yeah, I, I think Growing up in an army family will teach you so many different things. I think, you know, resilience probably is the biggest thing I learned from it because I went to two elementary schools, two middle schools, and two high schools in six different states. And when you're a kid, all you want is stability. All you want is your friends. Um, and this is back in, in the pre-Facebook days. So I would literally send uh, pen pal letters and, and boxes and packages to my friends and, um, you know, yeah. be really sad. You know, I'd learned that we were moving. And then a month later, I was I was completely, you know, starting over. So I think resilience was a big thing. Um, I think, you know, the ability to find common ground with people and to, you know, have empathy and care about people, you know, the ability to, you know, never meet a stranger anywhere. <laughs> that's a, that's a great trait for a recruiter to have. Yeah. Um, but definitely the work ethic. My dad was also a, um, a college baseball player and a really, really hard worker. And so, you know, it was drilled into me that 15 minutes early is on time, on time is late. And if you're late, you better, you better run. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. All right. Good awesome. way to go. Yeah. So that was just a, a little segue from that, but uh, it's a great question. A great, uh, glad I remembered that. The second question I ask everyone is what's a book that you've read that's giving you a paradigm shift? Sure. I've read so many books. I think one of my favorites is a book called Originals. Um, Adam Grant is is the author. He talks about, you know, sort of all these different ways to be creative, to be innovative, um, and to create a culture um, and, and, you know, sort of a personality that challenges maybe what are the existing norms in business and in mm -hmm. company culture. And that for me, I've always been, I think, sort of interested in um, why things are the way that they are and, you know, um, I guess challenging some of the norms. And so for me, it was great to read a book that made me feel like this was a conversation worth having and other people care about this and, you know, the, the accepted sort of traditions and pathways like we were talking about in commercial real estate, just because it's been male dominated um, for this many years doesn't mean that that has to continue. So that that book I found just really eye opening and and incredible. Awesome. Okay, so we'll put that in the show notes. That's, that sounds good. Third question: What's a skill or talent that you'd like to learn? 
Well, I think this is actually one of my biggest weaknesses, and I don't like the idea of having too many of those. So I've always struggled with math, you know, down to the point of, you know, you know, not being able to calculate a tip on a, <laughs> on a bill without pulling out my calculator. So I'd love to be better at math. Um, I'd love to be better at understanding some of the financial aspects of our business, especially going into um, potential investments and things like that. So mm-hmm. I really want to sharpen the saw there, although it gives me anxiety even to say the word math. I just, I, I, I hate it. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. I believe it or not, I also was also was not very good at math and did not like it for yeah majority of the time. And then, you know, got into real estate, then for some reason, just kind of opened up certain yeah. things when I started thinking about in different ways in money and then in taxes and things, just certain things opened up that I never yeah. expected to. So there's hope. <laughs> yes. I've always been so jealous of the people that just immediately pick it up. I'm good at other things, um, but, but the math has always eluded me. All right. Well, Wish you success with that. And if not, you always have the, you know, the handy calculator uh, will, will help you. You know, it was like when I was, when I was a kid, it was, I was always the worst at penmanship. Okay. It was uh, writing, you know, the yeah, cursive nice writing and, and stuff like that. Like I hated that. Yeah. And like I scribbled, my mother would tell me like, you have to get good. I'm like, I don't care. I'm never going to need it. When I grow up, I'm going to have someone else write for me. <laughs> And now, like, when do I even write? Like, you know, I like, type everything. You know, when when do I actually sit down and take a pen and paper? It's not well, it's very like often. Kids these days aren't even learning cursive anymore, and it sort of breaks my heart because I love penmanship. But yeah, it's um, it's a funny thing. Well, things change, and yeah, life goes on. <laughs> we learn new things. Like, I don't know how to use TikTok. I can't figure it out. Right? Oh, so, whatever. I'm just starting. <laughs> I'm starting. It's very confusing. Very confusing. But uh, okay, so fourth and final question here is what is, what does success mean to you? I think, you know, personally, over the last year, my definition of success has changed a lot. I think, you know, I was always focused, um, probably throughout most of my career on monetary rewards and that being the biggest measure of success. And I think now, um, as I've started my own business and the monetary rewards have come, I think I value more the the contribution and the impact that I'm making and the feedback that I get from the people that I work with. And, you know, not just on the candidate side, but the clients. So for me, you know, really feeling at the end of the day, like I made a difference, that to me is, is the ultimate success. And that's what I'm, I'm driving towards sort of exponentially building is how to, how to make that impact and, and how to go to bed every day, knowing that I'm living in my purpose and I'm, I'm serving others. Awesome. That's a beautiful, and uh, that's beautiful. Yeah. And I wish you a lot of continued success in all, all areas. That's great. Um, where can our listeners find you or find more about you? Well, I am very active on LinkedIn, so you can search Allison S. Weiss um, on LinkedIn. Our uh, two companies are CRE Recruiting and CRE at Work. Um, We both have company pages. We're on Instagram um, and all the major social media channels. And just a a quick plug, I'm doing right now a four-day mini CRE Career Academy Challenge for people who are either new to the business and looking to break in or people who are pivoting into our industry and just talking about some of the tax tactics and strategies that I've used and helped people use, um, you know, to start careers in commercial real estate. Awesome. Okay. Well, 
thank you. Uh, thank you so much. I hope people check that out because there's so much potential, you know, to learn. And we're always, you know, trying to learn and better ourselves. And it doesn't matter how, how much you've been involved. If you want to break into commercial real estate, this is your opportunity, you know, definitely connect with Allison. And I just want to thank you for, for your time today. It's been great. My pleasure. You're the best, you and I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thank you. And, and to our listeners, thanks again for tuning in and listening. I hope you got tremendous value from this conversation. I know I did. And remember, the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn. Send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.